The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, welcome to Past Yet Present. I'm Marilyn Kapp, spiritual medium and author of Love is Greater Than Pain. Those who passed share our need for love, understanding, and resolution. Together, we go from communication to collaboration. Welcome back. We've been focusing on collaboration, how to raise our vibration, how to reassure our loved ones who are out there that we know that they're there so that they can relax a little bit. We're also talking about honoring the grief and knowing that we have to go through that process. Some of our languaging is not conducive to that. It's I don't believe there's any getting over or any moving past. We love who we love and the relationship changes because they're out of body. Of course it does. And there are so many things on the physical plane that we miss, but that leads us to what we might be missing the most, and that's the potential, the potential for resolution, for conversations we thought we might still have, for the growth that would happen on this day, or we're going to go here or go there, for procrastination. And again, that's what they're looking at too. I believe that they really want us to be kind to ourselves as we're going through this process. And I absolutely believe that our being kind to ourselves through this helps them to be kind to themselves because they get frustrated reaching out to us. Again, they're not suffering the same way we do. They know that whatever doesn't get through to us, that eventually we will join them. And yet... We are taught to hold on to our breath, to hold on to life, to hold on to this opportunity. And of course, we want to embrace all of life because it is the perfect conundrum, something that feels like it shouldn't make sense, and yet it does. That while we're on the the earth plane, in our bodies, that we embrace all the high vibrational things, or many of them, and and choose our favorites, music, art, the sky, the clouds, astronomy, the grass, the seeds, the plants, fruit, so many things, laughter, doggies, kitties, each other, laughter. They love to hear us laugh. They love that it raises the vibration so that they can get a hug in and maybe we can feel it. 
you know, they're hugging us all the time. They're not inappropriate. And of course, we're, we're going to start with our protection and intention, because as we open the gates more and more to our ability to be able to collaborate and feel them and have a reciprocal conversation, because you see, we want to keep the vibration high and we want to do the protection, but a lot of that collaboration is already happening. You know how many times somebody is talking and they say, you know how when you were driving you had a conversation in your head and it went back and forth and back and forth and you asked me questions and I answered and then you kind of shook your head and went, oh, you know, shook it off. It was your imagination. It was not. It was not. You remember when you just stopped and, and had a wave of a feeling about me. You remember you just got this wave and you got all tingly and then you thought, wow, this hits me anytime, anywhere. Maybe it does. Maybe that's what happened. But I'll tell you something that gets reported in all the time. Very, very often, it's your loved one hugging you, reassuring you. And so you'll get that feeling. You'll get that. Your head will jump, and maybe it'll jump to the grief and the missing. But it's stimulated by that hug. So let's do our protection and intention. Remember, always change it up. Do what feels right to you. Put in whatever names, whatever deities, whatever feels right to you. Do it for I. And then you can do it for we. I tend to do I, especially when I'm channeling, and then I do we for everybody who's coming in for the channeling and the in-body people who are listening to the channeling. Then I like to do it and just send it out into the whole world to all the peeps and all the animals and the earth itself. Play with it. See what feels right for you. There's no wrong way of doing this. If your intention is for healing, for getting rid of the feeling of separation, which is inevitable because we take responsibility to acknowledge that we're on the earth plane. We miss the hugs. We miss the conversation the way we knew it. We miss so much. You know what? They say they do too. But they're already focused on figuring out a new way because they have access. And we're grieving on the physical plane because we might feel we don't. And in a way, the way we did, yes, it's changed. And that's very real. And it's very grievous. And it's painful. And yet, as we expand, as we make a conscious decision to choose, even in the midst of grief, looking up, looking for light, hugging a puppy, hugging our friends, crying with somebody, even just crying by yourself. We're doing what we need to do to allow the space for the communication to come in. Believe me, they're working on it, especially kids. They are working on it. So here we go. I clothe myself in a robe of light composed of the love, the power, and the wisdom of divine consciousness. I wear it not only for my own protection, but also so that those who see it or come in contact with it will be drawn to divine and healed. Take a deep breath and just feel that. 
And once you're more comfortable with it, maybe you'll like saying the words. I do. I tend to say all the words in my head or out loud. I, I like that. It just is a nice reminder and it gives me a little bit of time to just feel it. If you don't want to do it with the words and you do it with a breath, if you do it with music, just remember protection and intention. I find that when I do this, sometimes I can't help but smile. Sometimes when I'm kind of dancing with this energy, I start to laugh. It isn't like anything is funny, but it's just inevitable that it feels better. That's what our out-of-body loved ones are doing. They're looking to feel better by helping us to feel better. I'd like to tell you about a young man named Alan. If you love, if you read Love is Greater Than Pain, then you know about him. Um, he's the guy who came up with the name of the book, Love is Greater Than Pain. And he really helped me understand the concept that, well, you know, he, he passed... Oh, now it's 11 years ago. He was 32 years old. He was diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. He was told that he just had a couple of months. And um, of course, it was shocking. And he did everything available to him, complementary medicine, modern medicine, east, west, everything there was, he did it all. And he stayed in his body another 15 months. And during that time, he decided he wanted to be as conscious as possible. And we would channel, in fact, we would channel every week with um, his in-body loved ones and his out-of-body loved ones who would come in and talk about how to best serve and how to best help him. He decided he wanted to make sure that I would be able to channel him after he went out of body, so we did experiments. I would leave his room, and he would focus telepathically, and I would write it down. In fact, he did that um, for part of the eulogy for his mom to read, um, at his celebration of life. He wanted to be fully conscious so that he could basically, he, he was curious about the experience um, while he desperately did everything he did to stay here, he's reporting that there was an excitement to him. And of course, not everybody feels that way. He says that at one point it just became inevitable and that he decided to flow with it, but to be present as much as he could. Well, eventually he, he did pass out of body. And um, a few years later, we're sitting in the backyard and his mom is here. Um, I think it was his birthday. We tend to channel on his birthday, sometimes on the anniversary or his angel day of his going back out of body. And he is just the most amazing man. He's coming in and he's channeling to his mom and he's talking. And um, his mom had um, basically became his primary caretaker for those 15 months. He moved back to be with her. And she was very much wanting to be able to communicate with him. And she found that, you know, she took time off from work and she had been in the business world in a corporate career. And she tried to go back and she found she couldn't. She had been too changed. She had learned so much. And she decided that she wanted to work with people who were getting ready to transition so that if they choose, they could have a more conscious, a more conscious transition because that is what Alan taught her. 
So she went back to school and she got a degree in social work and eventually, and now, she is still helping people transition when their time is coming close. And she says that she never walks into a patient's room without feeling Alan by her side collaborating. So a few years after he went out of body, we're sitting there and I was channeling for her and he knew just what to say. And he knew kids are amazing. I mean, he's a, he's a grown up, but he's still her child. He knew what to do to make her laugh. He knew how to put her at ease. She's smiling. She is so joyful. And I just stopped mid sentence and just me, I said, because I channel a lot and it's so joyful. It is so joyful how many times I've been in the midst of channeling and observed that a, a parent is not suffering during that time. They're present, they're knowing. And it's that space that they're learning to access. But of course, the grief is so great. And I'm thinking, you know, channeling is very, very joyful because life continues, love continues, things are resolved. But when someone hangs up the phone or when somebody leaves my office, I cry on my time because, you know, I'm a parent too. And, and the, the wanting, the, well, so I just stopped mid-channel and I said, you know, to Alan's mom, I said, he is just magnificent, and yet I'll never understand. It's, it's so beautiful. It's such a perfect setup. The more we embrace life to complete or, or, or carry on our mission, our experiences, to learn and to grow and to help each other, it, it all makes perfect sense. We're never, there's, there is no real death. We transition. It is magnificent, and yet why? Why is there so much suffering? Why does there need to, and I just looked at her and blurted out, but why is there so much suffering with the need, with the want? And I, I didn't expect it, but Alan said, oh, I can tell you. I said, what? He said, I'll tell you. I'll give you the secret to the universe. And I hear him laughing and laughing. And I said, well, yeah, please tell us. And he said, we go through all of this to learn that love is greater than pain. And then he looked at his mom and said, if you didn't love me the way you love me, you wouldn't be in pain. The pain is a testament. Our hearts break. We feel it. We, we get energy collected and stored in the sinus, in the head, behind the eyes, that we need to cry. We need to release. We do all of that to learn that the love is greater than the pain. Now, one thing I've been learning is we, we might not be able to access that all the time. Sometimes I, I get caught, I hear that song. There's a song with a lyric stuck in a moment and you can't get out of it. I think that happens for people. I think people do all kinds of things when they're stuck in that moment. And I think we have to remember that if we can stay with it, if we can breathe, we can take a deep breath, take a breath. If we can go to the protection and the intention, it raises our vibration, as well as asking everybody who comes in contact with us to be at that vibration. It reminds us to, that we need that high vibration as well. 
We're talking about that high vibration and inviting it in. It only should be on that higher vibration, those who resonate. But you know what? It's a reminder for us. We clothe ourselves in a robe of light. Yes, of course we do. But it reminds us to raise our own vibration. Even if we're caught in that grief, even if you need to carry on in whatever way you need to, you'll release it. Just hold yourself steady and know that we're being held and that we're loved. So, Eventually, Alan's mom asked if I would go to a meeting of compassionate friends, which is a meeting for parents who have children who have passed, and it offers support. And it was really interesting because I went with her, and you go around the room and you talk. And I, you know, she talked about Alan, and I said, I'm here with her to support her and eventually we we divvied up into groups and when we were in three groups each group the group I was in people were talking about their children I could see their children right above them with them I could hear them they were so happy that their parents were getting help they were so happy to be with each other networking with parents who had the same intention. They were actively conversing with each other out of body on how to get through and best help them. And they network, oh yes, they do. So we're going along and I didn't speak up. I I was hoping that if somebody wanted to channel, that that would be fine. Um, And eventually Alan's mom said, you know, you know, Marilyn can channel. And we started getting into that a little bit. Um, and a couple walked in, and the woman looked very, very determined, and her husband looked really um, a little bit peeved and a little bit confused. And she walked into the group, even though the groups had already been separated and started, and she said, I don't know why I keep feeling I'm supposed to be in this group. It was, I, I don't know, it was so rude. I, I got up and I said, I, I, I can't be in this group. I'm supposed to be in this other group. Everybody said, well, great, come and sit down. And I hear Alan laughing and laughing and standing next to him is this beautiful young man who accompanied this couple And Alan says, well, I went in there and I told him that if he wanted to talk to his parents, they better get into this group. They better come over here because he really needs to tell them. He, this other family, their young man had passed after some pretty tough illness and some challenges, many challenges, and they really wanted to know that he was okay. They did so much trying to help, trying happy love, what's called tough love. They tried everything, and they they were hoping, so hoping, that he was aligned with them. And what was he doing there, son? Looking for ways to reassure them, not only that he was okay, that he wasn't in pain anymore, but that he understood their behaviors, and that he looked at a life review, and he knew that he had, was challenging at times, and he wanted to support some of what they did, even if he couldn't do it at the time, and even if he wouldn't agree with it now. 
but he wanted resolution and he wanted the main thing to be about love, that he is still their son. And here's another interesting concept. He happens to be adopted. That's something we'll discuss at some point too, because what I've learned from channeling is that when a soul wants to come in, they come into their family of intention, their soul family, regardless of how they do it. In fact, we'll, again, we'll spend more time on this down the road, but I'm actually channeling in to tell everybody who is planning to bring children into the world, even if this is not in their, you know, their wheelhouse of what they're going to have to deal with, even if babies will come easily and you know, they'll get pregnant easily. I'm told to tell everybody who's thinking about this that whether it's adoption, surrogacy, donation, there might be blessings, there might be something going on with other people to learn and to grow, and an exchange happens. But they know where they're landing. Again, they're not lost. They know how to come in. And so this young man... He wanted to come into his parents and reassure them that he, he was with them. And yes, he has the opportunity to explore, you know, his situation more, who helped bring him in in the physical, who helped do that. But the parents who were at this meeting, learning how to cope, how to grieve, how to put one foot in front of the other, they are aligned and they are his parents. So what's happening, they realize, you know, Alan basically scouted around and he saw this young man and he saw that his parents were in a place, even though they had never talked about or explored the option of channeling before, he was so desperate to get through to them. He made his mom so agitated. I'm laughing because I'm hearing him now cracking up about it. He always knew how to agitate his mom, and he says that really gave him, it's good he had that skill, because he agitated her, her enough that even though she didn't know why they were coming into that other room, that she needed to do it and brought her perplexed husband along. Turns out, that I understood what was going on, and other parents were talking, and other children were coming in. So it feels like I didn't really do anything right away during that part of the meeting with this family. But when the meeting was over, and we were able to, you know, just mill about and go talk to each other, I was directed to go up to this guy's father, who is medically minded, very... Um, you know, Western head said, I, I hope I got that right, and in terms of his belief system, and he thinks he's learning how to cope and grieve, he doesn't realize that, oh, this is just continuing. Now, he, oh, he tells everybody he can, everybody who will listen to him, about how he and his son have grown and basically have the relationship now that both of them always desired. Yeah, yeah, it's a really tough thing that he's out of body during this time. Yes, they would have very much liked this while he's in body. But you know what? It's something. And it's important. And we might not see it the same way. We might not feel it the same way. We might not be able to see their face as they acknowledge the expansion and the joy of our collaboration. But it's happening. 
So I was told to go up to this man and say, you know, your son says, and he told him exactly what it was that would get his father's attention, to whip his head around to that way of thinking, because who would have known that? Who would have known? And he talked about all the pain he had very specifically for his medical doctor dad and then told him he doesn't have pain now. And he talked about some of the difficulties he had and how his wiring was a certain way. And that, yes, he's still responsible in so many ways, but that his wiring was off. And there were certain ways he liked to heal and expand and take responsibility for himself in some ways that he was unable to while he was here. And that opened the gate for healing and expansion. And Alan's laughing because you know what he's doing out there? He's meeting up with people to help them expand. You see, there's a lot of networking going on. When we're not there to help them, lots of people are. Guides are there to help them. And now we're focusing on helping ourselves easing, easing their, their need, acknowledging their desire and our own as we collaborate. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we are learning that those out of body like to move beyond the circumstances that might have hindered them from doing what they would like, from being able to be emotionally present, from being able to maybe move beyond the ego or being um, un unable to move forward for so many different reasons, shame, reactivity, all of those things. When somebody is out of body, though they might be hesitant at first because it could be alarming sometimes to see a life review, and especially if somebody sees that they might have hurt someone inadvertently, that's a tough thing to look at, and yet they have that understanding of knowing that it's not over. 
it is not over and they're reaching out to us and they're wanting us through again our embracing life not backing away from it allowing our grief and embracing life to collaborate with them but here's the thing what if we're stuck in our mind about something what if somebody did something or what if somebody even planned something well, there are a few ways to look at this in terms of the information that's come in through channeling. We'll be spending more time on this down the road, but they're telling me to share with you that sometimes, again, getting stuck in a moment and they can't get out of it, when somebody basically turns their back on their own breath and escorts themselves out of body, you know, of course, there's a lot going on now about deciding to do that and, and you know, empathy, all of that. We're, we're not talking about that or those choices, but we're talking about somebody who basically made that decision, or so it seems. What I've learned from channeling is that, oh my God, the, the, the most, the greatest number of those who have aided and abetted their own leaving their body did it inadvertently. The circumstance might be plain as day that they planned it and they got this and they bought that, but you know what? They might not have been in their right mind when they did it. Most people are not. Very often there are toxins. Very often there's some kind of men mental illness and the, the wording I use is just that the wiring is not correct. The first time I channeled a young man who had helped himself to go out of body. I believe he was 14 years old. And, you know, I should tell you now, I don't really remember most of what I channel. I ask to remember the love, the expansion, but I had a conversation with divine consciousness a long time ago. This is other people's stuff. This is other people's memories. This is other people's personal stuff. So other than if there's a concept that I ask permission to retain, I don't remember the details. When I channel for myself, which <laughs> it was a, a long learning curve until I started to do that, I will remember that more, and I ask for help in remembering that more. Um, yes, I channeled for other people and never thought to do it to my, for myself until um, I, I was diagnosed with a horrible disease and told I wouldn't be here long. And when you're looking at the people you love, you start asking for help. So that's when I started asking for help. I hope you're all doing it sooner than I did. But um, usually people seeking out you know, this kind of communication, it's because the heart needs it and we're in a tight spot. And um, that's why I like to refer to it as growing through challenges rather than going through challenges because we are going through them. But hopefully we grow through them enough so that we have a crack to let the light in to help us to understand what's really going on and what's really going on for so many, so the vast majority of people that I have channeled who have aided and abetted their going out, um, they, they, even if they thought about it, even if they, mo most were spontaneous and they didn't think about it and the means were there. Um, others, it was accidental. There were so many that are accidental um, that it really was not the intention. Um, it happens with interactions with drugs all the time. Um, one young man I channeled for, to his mom 
um, he mixed up his medication. He was also blind, and he was by himself. And everyone just assumed. And he said, no, no. He had something else was introduced, and there was an interaction, and he was out of body, and he was like, what the hell? No, it wasn't his intention at all, though everyone tried to tell his mother that it was his intention, and it wasn't. So when we don't know the intention, I think if it's at all possible, if it's possible to, well, here's, here's, let me, <laughs> if it's possible to understand it in a different way. I realize I didn't tell you about that young man who was 14 years old. When he came through to his mom and he very obviously did something that would end in his being out of body, he told her, that for him, it was like he had a head attack the same way somebody might have a heart attack. That if somebody has a heart attack and passes, we're not mad at them. We're trying to figure out why they did such a thing. But when somebody's mind is not working, and the mind is an organ, and sometimes it doesn't get enough oxygen, and sometimes there's interactions with drugs, and sometimes with prescription, as well as whatever else might be going on, the person is not in their right mind. If the knee doesn't work, we fall down and we go get help. When the mind isn't working, the mind is the one that has to figure it out, and very, very often the mind isn't capable of that. And that's why we're always wanting to help people if, if we see any signs, if we see anything. But sometimes you don't at all, and you don't see something coming, and somebody isn't in their right mind. Remember, the mind is an organ, and the person who might have done the cruelest thing to those they love, had no intention of that. Now, there are a handful. Sometimes somebody is vengeful, and somebody wants to get even, and somebody wants to. And um, what will usually happen is that person will be in a rehab setting, and relatives, family who are out there, and guides will come in and report to the person who's wanting the information that they're OK. They're in a rehab setting trying to understand why? Why they would do such a thing and go against their life breath when maybe they were hurt or the ego or again, and not about judgment, and it's not about punishment. I've yet to see pitchforks and, and demons. I don't know if they're, I assume they're not out there, but again, don't forget, I do this protection. And you do too. So we're always going to be in light. So that way we know there are always people around here and there whose intentions might not be pure. We're in the realm of healing. We're in the expansion. And so one thing we can do when we have a situation like that is we can look up and say, you know, Maybe I don't know what your intention is. Maybe the world is telling me something that isn't true. Maybe I just need to listen. Maybe you're not mad at me at all. Maybe I didn't do anything wrong to perpetuate what happened here. Maybe there is, and maybe that needs to be examined. But in the vast majority of cases, Yes, the person may have done that. Again, many, many are accidental. But even the ones that do not look like they're accidental, if somebody is in 
a disassociated state, if somebody is hearing something else, if somebody is mentally unwell, or under some kind of interactive influence, they're not going to be able to sometimes have their heart and their gut instinct override what the brain is telling them. And so we might feel that they're punishing us. But you see, we want to be careful that we're not punishing ourselves, believing something that isn't true. And the best thing you can do, take a deep breath if you have this circumstance. Let your body relax and take another breath and feel yourself filled with life. And just look up and say, hey, I'm on the earth plane. You're not at this moment. Can I help you in some way to understand? Can I support? Because I'll tell you something, they're pretty disoriented out there when this happens sometimes. And yet, here's something very lovely. For the ones who are accidental or unintentional, even though it was quite obvious that it looked like <laughs> it was intentional, but the mind was not doing what, they, what the heart wanted the mind to do. When that happens, when it isn't purposeful, when it isn't with an intention to hurt or to go against our own breath, and most of them are not that way, they're available. They're not sequestered. It's like somebody who had a heart attack. And you want to learn what was going on with the heart and you find out and you look to how you could have best served the heart and you watch that life review. But you're not self-punishing about it. And so once somebody acknowledges and understands that maybe the brain, the organ, was not contributing in a way that could have helped them, their need is the same as everybody else. Their need is the same as somebody that went out with a disease, with heart, with something else, because even if they did that act, it was not their intention to walk away. And very, very often, very often, especially if it was in a more gruesome manner, their loved ones will be there to collect them before they even turn and look and hold them and help them. And so we can be kind to ourselves and them by knowing this. Here's another little conundrum that sometimes happens. You know, I think what's happening today is we have a lineup of so many people out there trying to get the message across to bring ease. We'll be talking about how to raise the vibration. You're doing it just by listening or listening to anyone who's talking about this. There are so many pathways. So, here's another thing that sometimes happens. If there's a child who's ill, or an older person, or in any person, any age person, who is going towards going out of the body because the body can no longer support physically the entity and something is going on with the body, illness or whatever is going on, we love them so much. Very often we tell them, especially kids, hang on, hang on. And oh my goodness, that helps them a lot because their intention is aligned with doing that. 
sometimes it reaches a point where the body can no longer support the soul animating the body anymore and it can't be sustainable it does help if we have the capability if it's our honest truth and even if it isn't you know how many times i've channeled somebody saying you lied to me you lied to me what when did i lie to you when I was getting ready to go out, you told me it was okay to go. You lied. I know you lied because it's not okay. Yeah, we know it's not okay. It's not okay. And we lie and we tell them it's okay because you know what? It comes down to what Alan said. Love is greater than the pain. We love them so much that we'll push aside our pain and we'll love them enough to help them leave when it's inevitable when they can't, when they're holding on by the skin of their teeth because they want to for us, they don't want to leave us. Do you know that a lot of people practice going in and out of body before they go? Watch that apnea sometimes if you're honored to be with somebody who's getting ready to transition. Sometimes somebody will stop breathing entirely. I'll watch them leave their body and they're looking around and then boom, they're back in because they're not ready to go yet. They're asking those who have come to help them, to help them to know they need the reassurance. They don't want to go thinking maybe they've had a lifetime of not believing. Their guides, their loved ones, divine consciousness does not want them to go out of body with fear that they'll miss us. That's our job that we're trying to heal right here, right now. They don't need that, so sometimes they practice seeing us and knowing. And when we lie to them with the truth that goes beyond our own pain, the real truth, it's okay. It's okay if you go out of body. And you can reassure them that I'll know you're here and, and I'll, I'll pick it up. Maybe you're not in that place. But when you lie to them, you know, they know they're being lied to. They know you. They love you but you're putting their need above your own, and that's when love is greater than the pain. However it went, it is never too late to look up and say, it's okay, I didn't know how to tell you, but I get it. Whatever you get, share with them as, as you go, as you're learning, and as you're expanding. So back to some of these people who have had illness and people beg them to stay and beg them to stay. They might go out of body feeling, I disappointed them. A lot of people who it looks like, again, where it wasn't the intention, where they contributed to their own exit, they also will feel so guilty it wasn't their intention. And whether it's illness or old age or whatever is going on or accident and trying to hang on, it isn't the intention to hurt us. It never is. They're looking to comfort us. So yes, we lie, we stay present. But you know what? Even if we weren't able to help them and even if they passed with us begging them to stay, they get the reassurance. Those who are out of body are there. Do you know that there are groups out there very specifically to help kids who have gone from disease whose parents beg them to stay so that they know that their parents are begging them 
from love, from good intention, and that they didn't fail. So you see how important it is for our collaboration. Now, they're getting the reassurance they need. It isn't that out of body is a place of suffering. They know pretty quickly that whether you get it now, that would be wonderful. Oh God, they want that. But if you don't, you will eventually, because eventually you're getting there and you'll be in the same vibrational space and you'll feel hugs in that vibrational space. But how lovely to be able to really understand that we can acknowledge our needs. I don't want you to go. Please hang on. Please hang on. We'll do anything. We negotiate. Please, God, take me instead. It doesn't work that way. We've been in positions, a lot of us, and we would do that. There's no question. So we're processing as they are. Do you know that so often when people have the grace of a more conscious transition, they are collaborating with us, with the loved ones that are out there that are collaborating with us at the same time to ease all of us. When my mother was getting ready for her transition, um, I was fortunate in that I was able to be in a hospice setting with her for oh, about eight, nine days. And um, she was conscious for a good part of that. And um, it was really funny because at one point she would look up and say, Sammy, Sammy. And that's my dad who passed, what, over 20 years before her. Not today, not today, come back tomorrow. And we would laugh. And we, we knew she was not physically, I'm sure she knew too, she was not physically getting up from that bed. She was quite old and um, had, had, had beat cancer. But this time that wasn't happening and the organs were shutting down. But there was a lot of joyful time and a lot of really expansive and beautiful time. When the day came that she was about to go out of body, of course, I didn't know her, her timing. We were just there. And my husband, Harry, was there. And I'm so grateful for that because I'm just kind of up against my mom and holding her hand. And I realize we're kind of just softly breathing in, in unison. And it's just pretty calm. I'm fully awake. But um, it's, it's very, very calm. And... Um, what happened was my husband reported that he saw both of us light up with the biggest grin at the exact same second. And we stayed that way for a while. And, and she passed. So here's what happened from my perception. I felt this intense vibration and this incredible joy and I felt myself out of body with her. And, you know, we, we tend to do that. We go to, out of body sometimes when we sleep. It doesn't mean we're going to die. It doesn't mean we'll talk about that at a future point. But I could feel myself out of body with her. And I could feel and see everyone surrounding her. My father was there. Um, she was the youngest of her siblings to go. They were all there. There were a lot of people I didn't recognize. Um, it was just a big crowd. And it was like a ship was coming into port and the celebration was happening. The joy, the celebration as they received her. And I could hear that. And I very gently was pushed back. And I came into my body. 
and I could feel the shift that she wasn't there. It felt like she was still in the room. It was happening right there in the room, right there. It wasn't like she had gone anywhere further out yet. And I kept my eyes closed and, and just felt what was going on for a while. And the vision and the voices faded. And um, I opened my eyes and my mother was no longer in her body. And Harry was sitting there with really giant eyes because he had watched our reaction. And again, I'm so grateful because... His seeing both of us, it really told of the authenticity of what was happening for my mom. If I was watching her and I watched that reaction, I maybe it would have been different, I think. But I was able to just feel it with her. And it made me realize for all the times we don't get to do that with someone. The truth of everyone waiting there, out there, loved ones, those who went before, guides, divine consciousness. Our loved ones are never alone. So while we're grieving at this point in time, so many, and so many who have gone quite suddenly from illness and we weren't able to be with them, the struggle is deeper. It's deeper for us. How can we help them? It is never too late. Those who who are past, they're present to hear us. And all we have to do is look up and smile. Send out a kiss. Send out some love. And remember who you are. Remember that we are spiritual beings inside this beautiful vehicle. Gives us trouble sometimes, for sure. It's got antennas to let us know. We're learning to listen more and more. But it doesn't stop us from being able to fully engage on a spiritual level. Just remember that while we're on the physical level, we embrace the physical beauty and all that shines and all that brings us joy. So take a deep breath. Divine consciousness, let your light surround us. Let it permeate us. Let it fill us up. Let it emanate from us and reflect back to each other and to you, divine consciousness, as we remember that we are the light, we are the love, and we can nurture and we can heal. Until next time. Thank you for sharing this energy and space. Together, we collaborate, raising the vibration for all. I'm Marilyn Cap, author of Love is Greater Than Pain, and you can find me at MarilynCapp.com. Remember, the healing continues with those who are past yet present. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.